Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to Comes a Time with Oteil Burbridge and Mike Fenoya. If you're digging the podcast, do these guys a favor and review and subscribe. It means a lot. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, YouTube, and if you're joining for bonus episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. And now, here's Mike and Oteil. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Comes a Time. That's Oteil. And that is Mike. We had another good one today. The luckiest man in the world, Bill Walton, came back to join us. Yeah. I like when he comes on because I don't have to talk much. Um, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's going to shush me on my podcast, it's going to be a Bill Walton. <laughs> <laughs> He's so great. It's so funny that I, I never, I mean, we talked about this last time that he was on the podcast, but it's just so funny that he was a stutterer that was so bad. He couldn't like say hello or goodbye. <laughs> now, I know. You can't get a word in edgewise. I know. I but know. it's great it really... though. He's such an inspirational speaker. It's like, wow. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to ask him too was actually both of you, because you're both talking about the losses of your older brothers. And he said he was such a great brother and I'm the oldest of four. And I was kind of wondering, like from a younger sibling perspective, what makes a great older brother? That's what I wanted to ask him. So maybe before we have him next time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I never did that with my siblings, but you know, maybe before we have him on a third time, I'll mail him that question so he can create (laughs) Yeah. A TED talk about it, but yeah, no, it's always great to have Bill on. He's a, he's one of a kind, and uh, yeah, he's something. And and his his background always seems to get more and more levels of Narnia deep. <laughs> I was like, you are truly coming from the astral plane today. You just zipped out past uh, what's his name the the um the guy that we had that did the ESP experiment, Stanley Krippner. Mm-hmm. Boy, his was out there, but Bill, I think sure Bill was. topped him. Yeah, that was the wackiest background ever, for sure. Yes. <laughs> well, he has he's been the following the Grateful Dead for 56 years. So. <laughs> he's the man. It's, he's waving his freak flag. But yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're having a hard time trying to get back in the positive lane, mind-wise, mm. watch this guy. He spent yeah. half his life and over half his life in the hospital. He's had so much physical pain that is to a level that I don't think I can even imagine. Oh, yeah. And no. he just no is relentlessly positive. And I find that to be a superpower. I mean, I find it to be miraculous. So yeah. he's great for that. You know, people do cameos and people do all that stuff. Bill should put out like a like a positive alarm for your phone. So in the morning, it's him going like, 
get up. It's a good day. The sun has risen. You know what I mean? Like he could really do a lot for people. He should just, they should be all grateful dead lyrics to just quote, right? Sometimes the lights all shining on me. (laughs) I love when he does that during basketball. (laughs) He's amazing. Well, thanks, Bill. And uh, thank you all for joining us again. Uh, If you're having a good time, share, rate, review, subscribe. We have, we have merch like these handy dandy comes the time coffee mugs cheers O'Teal. cheers and uh you could get that i don't know where you can get it but you can get it uh you can follow us on comes the time pod on all socials subscribe to our youtube channel patreon.com forward slash comes the time pod and uh yeah thank you guys thank you bill and we shall see you soon adios Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> How are you what doing, are we, Bill? What do we hear, Bill? I see all of Southeast Asia. <laughs>
I see El Salvador. Hear the cries of children and the other songs of war. It's like a mighty melody that, that rings down, rains down from the sky, standing here upon the moon. I watch it all go by, all go on. I'm auditioning for the next one. You got one. the gig. <laughs> because this that lovely view from heaven is just about the coolest thing I've got going in my life. And I'm the luckiest <laughs> guy in the world. And here I am with O'Teal. And here I am with Mike. And we're ready to rock here. What a beautiful day. The sun is shining. It's about 85 degrees where we live in San Diego today. And not a cloud in the sky. My wife is the most beautiful girl in the world. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. So what could be better? I'm here with our team and Mike. Comes the time. Yeah, baby. Thank you. God, blind man needed t- that. There comes the time when the blind man takes your hand. Yeah. <laughs> says, don't you see? I, 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 I've got some. Now, is it don't you see or can't you see or do you interchange them? Um, I think I'd say can't. Can't. Yeah. Do you ever I see? Think. They don't. You know, because in my life, in my life, I'm always looking to spend my time on the bright side of the road. And one of the worst things, that's a song's hint selection for the next album. You know, I and did that. I pulled that out at Scald and Roses. Bright side of the street. I missed your appearance this last year. Two years ago was one of the low points of my life. When I saw the frustration, the disappointment at Skull and Roses of not being able to get the equipment to work. Oh my gosh, please, where's Ramrod? And so here it was. This last year, you played on a Thursday night, I believe, or you played on Thursday night or Wednesday night. I can't remember now, but. Uh, if you can't remember, how are we supposed to remember? <laughs> but anyway, and. It was uh, just a wonderful experience. I was going to be able to play with my hero, O'Teal. And, but there was just a, a technical glitch that we couldn't get the sound to work. And it's very important when you're playing on a big stage with a huge crowd in the middle to close out the show as the featured artist that there's sound coming through the <laughs> speakers. But it helps. Yeah. In true, in true Grateful Dead form. The crowd stayed with you. And there was no no anger. There was no disappointment. There was frustration, yes. Yeah. Sadness, but people stayed happy. And that is what makes the Grateful Dead as great a thing as I have ever had in my life. And I've been a dead (laughs) for 56 years here. And when I when I mentor young people who are always looking for the path forward. I always say, find something in your life like the Grateful Dead. Although there is nothing like the Grateful Dead. and right. But find something that has a bigger purpose and a bigger meaning and a grander scope than just your own life and your own individual nature and dreams, hopes, and aspirations. But when you're part of a community, which the Grateful Dead certainly is, I mean, there are just endless avenues you can go. 
And a lot of them lead to the promised land, including lovely view from heaven. Oh, my God. When when you sent me that thing, I just, my life has been fulfilled. My life is now complete. You know, Uh, high times, days between, mission in the rain, so many roads. Believe it or not, yes, I do. China doll standing on the moon. And then, and then a bonus piece with Kofi. And how sad, how sad that Kofi's gone four years now, but four and a half years. And, but I, I lost my brother too. And so I, I understand what that is like. When that did you lose him? Kofi is your younger brother. Older. He's older. older. Brother. Okay. Three I years. lost my older brother too. And he was just, the, he was the perfect older brother. Uh, after he matured and grew up a little. <laughs> when we were very young, he was a bully and a thug, and he would steal my food and pound me <laughs> to the ground. And then he would kneel on my shoulders and let all the neighborhood dogs come and lick my face and everything. Wow. And, and then when I, I was able to beat him in basketball. <laughs> he was a football player, right? He, he, nice. He, he, and I, he and I are the only brother combination. Hold on there, Mike. Uh, he and I, <laughs> Sorry. Bruce and I are the only brother combination in the history of the world to uh, have uh, played in the Super Bowl and right. won an NBA championship. And so right. he, he ultimately became the perfect big brother, as I hope yeah. he was to you. Uh, but then, uh, but then he died of football. You know, fo- football is a very, very yeah. sport. But, and but I used to be able to beat him in basketball almost from the very beginning. And you know, basketball was the easiest part of my life. Academics yeah. were second. My, my challenges have been orthopedic health and my speech impediment. So yeah. I'd be torching Bruce out in the backyard where <laughs> I, I, I built my own court. I built the court. You know, I got a shovel and a pick and a hoe wow. up, up there to level it out. When I talked to my dad, who my, you know, my parents had zero interest in <laughs> zero. You know, your parents, they, they got you going into music, right? Yeah, That's did. what my parents love. My, my dad loved music. And, but one day I heard from a, a friend at school that they were going to tear down their basket at their house and, and, and throw it away. And so I asked him if I could have it. So I talked my dad into driving the car over to their house, which was right next to the school. And we put the basket in the backboard in the back of the station wagon, drove it home. And then I put the whole thing together. And then I started torching Bruce. And he had no answer other than to smash me into the pampas grass. And so the pampas grass is a plant that has many uses, as a lot of plants do. And But the problem with the pampas grass is that it's, <laughs> when you go into it, it's no problem. When you try to get out, it cuts you all up. It just it, it's got uh, the, the the reverse angle, yeah, to it, like shark skin. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> let me clear my throat here. <clears> throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Not a good beginning, but uh, we're, we're trying. And so my brother would just send me into the pampas grass and I'd come out all bloody and crying oh. and everything. And my mom would come out on the on the back deck and she'd be in making dinner. 
and greatest parents ever. She'd look at Bruce when she'd have a big spoon in her hand. She'd look at Bruce. She said, Bruce, if you don't quit beating up Billy, I'm going to have to call the police on you. And Bruce yeah. would look back up to her and sneer and say, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of the way it was in the early days. But then, but then once he realized that I, I could help his team win basketball games, he, he got a lot nicer. <laughs> and, and he became my big brother. And uh, But then he died. He, he died in... Your uh, Kofi died in February of 19, and Bruce died in October of 19. Wow. And it was a, a very, a very painful death for Bruce. And oh, sorry. He left with us uh, great memories and a great friendship. And you know, he left with him, uh, left with us two, two adult children who were the same exact age as our adult children. And he, he left five granddaughters. And oh. so. Lori and I have brought all of those into our lives because you cannot leave children out there and you cannot leave grandchildren out there. You know, we're family people and, you know, the Grateful Dead, the family. I mean, it's, it's all rolling into one. Stella Blue, a broken angel sings through my guitar, you know, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. And, 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 and then how it's all played out. And we got to spend a lot of time yesterday at uh, one of our son's houses here in San Diego. He just moved back here for the first time in 27 years. Oh, He's, you must have uh, loved that. Oh, it's fantastic. He's a very successful business guy. And he's been all over the world, and uh, he, he just uh, he just realized that uh, San Diego, yeah, okay, it's nice here. Yeah. <laughs> Come back home to Papa. Yeah, so it was fantastic, and it had the grandchildren running all over and yelling and screaming and everything. It was very very nice. And <laughs> one of the things uh, back to Bruce is that what. Uh, the Grateful Dead, Rhino Records, Mark Pincus, David Lemieux just released Dave's picks 48. And like with number five, I wrote the liner notes to number 48 uh, because okay. this was from February, no, no, November 20th, 1971. I was a sophomore in college. I was 19 years old. And the Grateful Dead came and played at UCLA, at Poly Pavilion, our basketball gym. And so they had me write the liner notes. And so while our basketball team was setting all these incredible records that still stand to this very day, and all the other sports were overwhelmingly successful, except for the football team, which Bruce was on. Bruce was a scholarship player. I was a scholarship player in basketball. And uh, but while the football team was not exceptionally great, they were okay. But there was six guys. You know, Bruce, Bruce was part of a of a very social, you know, outgoing, vivacious group of people uh, that was anchored around the football team. And they had guys like Angelo Mazzoni, who was the trainer, uh, Damon Zumwalt, who went on to this incredible career in security, and then Mark Harmon, Barry Axelrod, Frank Marshall, and Bob Geddes, who were all hugely successful in the entertainment industry. And those, those guys kind of ran the whole school there. And it was fantastic because I got to tell that story in a public forum because when I turned in, when I turned in the liner notes, you know, I always, uh, I do a lot of writing and a lot of speaking and a lot of everything. 
content creation. And so when I turn it in, they always say, oh, it's too long. We can't use this. <laughs> and, you know, there's too much here. I say, what do you mean there's too much? It's just right. It's just perfect. And so when I turned it into David Lemieux, David Lemieux said, Bill, this is just perfect. And they published the entire thing as the language. <laughs> uh, Dave's Fix 48, we're very proud of it. And uh, it's great to be able to credit and recognize the people who all made it happen. Like O'Teal Burbridge, like Mike. <laughs> On becomes a time podcast. Thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> so when are, when are you going to sit down and start working on the next volume of Lovely View from Heaven? But I, <laughs> I'm I, I'm only going to guess that you're going to have a different name to the next album. Just, <laughs> just a guess, and you probably have different songs. I, I I'm I I had to always contain myself uh, with the Grateful Dead about. And they will laugh when they hear this. They'll scoff at this statement. When I had to restrain myself from from suggesting venues, suggesting songs, uh, <laughs> I have dialed that back quite a bit because uh, while I used to care where they played, I used to care what they played. Now I only care that you guys play at all and how you play. <laughs> and you're fantastic at the way you play. The last tour, the final tour, oh my gosh. I, Lori and I were scheduled to go to all 31 of the shows. And then just before the tour, the final tour started, something happened and we couldn't go to any of them. And yeah. so we were just like heartbroken and devastated, but we dealt with it and we tried to find our way, you know, so many roads to ease my soul, trying to yeah. make the best out of the worst. And so, yeah. but then just couple days before the final three in San Francisco, the skies opened up and we were able to quickly get up there to San Francisco and go to the last three shows. And it was absolutely over the top. Wonderful. And I got to see your wonderful wife and your baby yes. out there in the crowd. And uh, some of our sons were there. We, we, we knew so many people there. It was just fantastic. And it, it was you know, 56 years of my life. And here it was, The Grateful Dead, bigger than ever, better than ever, more professional than ever, <laughs> and more successful than ever. And I'm scratching my head so much. That's why I'm bald these days. I'm scratching my head saying, okay, they're bigger and better and more successful than ever. Why are they stopping this? I don't know. <laughs> it just, some, some things are beyond my comprehension, but I understand you guys are going to Mexico. And, and yeah, you're going to uh, start it all back up. <laughs> How fantastic! And, and tell me, tell me, I, I've heard rumors about the band. Are you allowed to talk about who's going to be in the band down there in Mexico? Oh yeah, I think it's all been announced. Um, we're having uh, Derek and Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi are playing one night. And uh, the lead they're going to play with. They're going to play with you guys too, though, right? Uh, I certainly hope so. Yeah, with O'Teal and friends. And yeah, then, you know, um, you're going to have to have a guitar player to take John's place. <laughs> oh well, they're de yeah. He's, Derek's definitely playing with Dead Ahead, and oh, yeah. um, well, Susan too. She's oh fantastic. yeah, we're not going to have Susan there and not. I think not, she's uh, from Boston, and and, yes. and I think she's a big Celtic fan. And I, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I've spent time talking yeah. to Susan and Derek before, and uh, yeah. 
I think she, she has very strong affinity for Boston and the Celtics there. Oh, and she and got Bill Walton. the best of the best. Speaking yeah. of John, though, I mean, John, he, you know, he went from, you know, this guy, you know, he's better than we thought to becoming Michael Jordan, to becoming God in just a very short period of time. <laughs> How fantastic that has been. And I, I hope he's doing well. I hope he's happy. You know, he, uh, he is. He's out there he on solo happy. tour and really yeah. he's killing it. Yeah. Having a blast. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. He's We're throwing good. little dark star teases in there in between his songs. And he's, you know, he got bit. And, got bit and, by the bug. And I and I saw that Bob Dylan sang "Trucking" the other night. Over Bob Dylan, yeah, yeah. Uh, all very, this... very cool. Sadly, all my Bob Dylan shirts don't fit anymore. But, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's terribly frustrating and disappointing to get to get old, fat, and bald. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to find a new path forward here. Well, uh, your spirit is so intact. That's why I, we wanted to have you on so much. I, right before you came on, I was like, I'm so excited to just get a spiritual boost, you know, a spiritual no, no, shot in the you arm. The, you got the equation wrong. You are the spiritual boost. <laughs> when, when you sent me this initial thing, you know, which I figured out was called A Lovely View from Heaven, which was an album. And, uh, you know, I was like, Oh my goodness! I started playing it, and it's like the dream come true. And because <laughs> all the songs that you chose were were just so powerful and instrumental, and I, uh, I've seen that you have told the story about how important this was. I, I couldn't figure out why you went to Iceland to record it. <laughs> I couldn't figure out. I couldn't either. <laughs> so, uh, but Iceland is one of the most spiritual places on uh -huh. earth. And it was you know, all good. With, you know, when you look at just what's happened with Maui and Lahaina burning down, yeah. we have a lot of family members in Lahaina yeah. that lost everything. It was just tragic. Mm, a so lot amazing. of friends. We've been going over there forever. Yeah, but you know, you, you think of, of of Iceland and the power of the natural world. Yeah, with all the, the hot springs and the volcanoes and the glaciers yeah. and the fjords and the rivers and the sea life. And that's really the same story of, of, of Hawaii, you know, yeah. a, a land created by fire. Yeah. Fire that just, you know, builds these incredible mountains. And then with sun and wind and rain and, and currents and ocean, you know, it, it, everything develops and you get these fantastic rainbows and waterfalls and plants and everything just absolutely spectacular and over the top, you know, life on HD going through the yeah. great dead experience. And then all of a sudden the fire comes back and then destroys it all. And now yeah. we have to start over again. And that's the challenge of what we've all had to do so many different times in our lives. You know, the great, yeah. you know, with the roster changing, with the with the health problems. You know, Pigpen and Keith and and Grant yeah. uh, and uh, Vince and yeah. Jerry. And, you know, a, a lot of changes. And, and you know, yeah, and Phil said, you know, I'm a, you know, Phil had his challenges, and he said he's had enough. But Phil, Phil, this year. Uh, Phil and friends came and played at Skull and Roses. Just and amazing. He played two nights, and I got to spend some time with him, and it was just absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, you know, 
I know you took his place. I hope there's no hard feelings there or anything like that. No, me and Phil have always been great. Always been great. He's always been so sweet to me. Well, he's and, a wonderful uh, human being. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, I just saw, just as I was coming on the show here today, Bob Minkin, the great photographer, he he released a, a brand, his latest book called Just Phil. And, you know, he... he He's, he's already done one on Jerry, and I don't know if he did one on Bob yet or not. I can't remember. But he, today, I think he's just releasing Just Phil. So nice. uh, if, if, if you're having any problems, I, I can buy you one and send it. <laughs> <laughs> but, that would be awesome. <laughs> well, I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position. I mean, you know, you, you kind of. You kind of took his place there. <laughs> well, he didn't want it anymore, to be fair. So. <laughs> From what I know, he walked away and said, yeah. enough of this. You know? There was no hard feelings. Yeah, a lot He's... of pressure on you. you know? Oh, and, my God. And yeah. so, you know, I, look, I, I followed Kareem at UCLA. And <laughs> so, I, wanted, yeah. I wanted that pressure. I chose you wanted that smoke. And, uh, you know, that's one of the main reasons I went there because, you know, watching him, who was, who was, you know, he was the greatest player that I ever played against by far. And Bill Russell was my favorite player. Uh, but Bill was 20 plus years older than me. Bill passed away in the, in just very recently. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but, you know, all these incredible players. That, that I had the privilege of playing against and with, there was none of them were as good as Kareem. And, yeah. and as Wilt would always say, you know, because you know, Kareem is not a real vocal, verbal guy, where Wilt, Wilt was a combination of uh, Magic Johnson and Santa Claus. You know, he, he was a rock star, to, yeah. yeah he, he, he was just in, in this other level personality-wise. And, and, and Wilt's comments, because when Wilt was playing, he just set all these incredible records that nobody thought would ever be broken. And so when some guys started to come up and, and catch him and get close, Wilt always said, he always said, if I thought anybody was going to break my records, I just would have doubled them up. <laughs> and nobody ever questioned anything that Wilt said. If you question Wilt, what you what Wilt said or claimed that he did, you didn't know Wilt. Because I had the incredible privilege of knowing him, and he was fantastic to me all the time. And then when people did start breaking his records, he would always say, "Look, today they have changed all the rules. They've changed the rules to make it easier for the players." Today. When I played Wilt Chamberlain, when I when Wilt Chamberlain played, they changed all the rules to make it harder for him. Yeah, but Wilt loved life, and you know it's one of the things that, you know about the you know about the Grateful Dead. Wilt, you know, he was willing to do things that other people weren't willing to do, and this goes back to what I tried to get to at the beginning of this conversation, which I believe was still today. And but I was trying to get off to a positive start, uh, but Amen. what. Uh, what drives me nuts is that when I encounter people who are in a position of power and authority and they can do something that's good and positive yeah. and they won't do it they choose yeah. not to do it and <laughs> just puts me over the top and that's why I always come back to a lovely view from heaven believe it or not I'm a listener
Now, I also saw that you are able to give private lessons. And there's a place where we can go to hire you to get <laughs> private lessons. Is that true? What's the name um, of the website? We did it actually through the pandemic. Where oh, you're not doing it anymore. Well, I have a a website that was formerly an app, but we put it on the web called the Ozone. So it's just everything. There's videos Ozone. of everything. My particular weird process of seeing music and learning it and bass guitar specifically. So uh, yeah, you could sign up for that, and it's it's really cool. Like there's all these. So it's online learning. You don't. Yeah. You, you don't like but, come to you don't come to somebody's house and say this is how you do this. Well, I also do still do private lessons, and then we've got our camp Roots Rock Revival where we have a bunch of students come every August. And uh, I need to learn more about you. And, and, but as Coach Wooden always said, Walt, well, you're the slowest learner I've ever had. And as the song goes. <laughs> You'll never learn what you don't want to know. I'm trying to learn. I want to be a better piano player. I want to be a better drummer. I want to be a better singer. And I just need some help. So, well, uh, I'll tell you this. What's the my, website? What's the website? My process, it's just called jointheozone.com. Join the ozone. Okay. And the process that I use is a process that I do by ear and by the number interval and by the shape on the guitar. But the guy that helped me build a website, <clears throat> Jimmy Rector, shout out to JR, he uses it for piano. He uses it for other instruments like guitar, right. piano. So you can use it. And uh, I would like to help you with that because- That's one I, of the great things about learning. And that's one of the great things about the master teacher. Uh, and I've had a lot of those master teachers in my life. You're part of that group right now. But uh, one of my one of my greatest teachers was a basketball coach named John Wood, and he he had his four laws of learning: demonstration, imitation, correction, repetition. Yeah, and it. he would always tell right. us, "Once you know how to learn, you can yeah. do." anything that's and, it and that applies to how me to learn because while my challenges in life orthopedic health health in general spent half my adult life in the hospital but here is my greatest accomplishment which is learning how to speak and your worst nightmare but i i was taught how to speak i'm a lifelong stutterer couldn't say hello or thank you till I was 28 years old. And now here I am. And I'm trying desperately to get into you guys keep talking all the time on this show. <laughs> and I'm just, just trying to find a, an angle. But to, to, have worked, <laughs> to, to have worked with so many of the different great broadcasters in the world of sports and entertainment, I've learned to anticipate the breath the breath of the other speaker. And as yes. soon as they take that breath, man, I just jump right in. And then... <laughs> yeah, and Zoom makes that very difficult. <laughs> Zoom Time makes delays. it difficult. Yeah. Well, why is that difficult, man? I, well, I like to I in person. Zoom. In I person, you like Zoom. I, I like in person. I like to sit yeah, with but, the person and feel it, you know. Yeah, but you guys aren't in San Diego, and I'm not where you are. So this, I preferred if we were in the same room. It doesn't mean this is bad, but I, I definitely, you yeah, know, but, you adapt and react for sure. But how yeah. much more we can get done? Oh, 100%. Yeah, what, very what, much so. What, what drives me crazy about Zoom is that every time you log on, 
they've got a new update. Which, I know, right? Yeah, totally. It's like, what, what are you updating? Whatever you would you, it's been perfect, right? You know, oh, it's, it's sort of, it's one of those inexplicable, unexplainable things in life, pretty much like when Dead and Company said, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> right, we're, we're, all, we're all having so much fun. The crowd in San Francisco, I mean, 56 years and all the shows, the crowd in San Francisco was so, everybody was just so happy and everybody was so full of love and joy. And, and I just kept singing and I just was hoping it would never end. And then the drone show up there. The drone show. Oh, that, so that beautiful. Crazy. And, and I couldn't then, see it. Oh. And then the way that Mickey uh, on, on on the themes of his drum solo and the beam solo and the way that Oteo was, I, I love it because Oteo just jumps right in there. I'm very jealous. Very just, <laughs> and Jay Lane with the uh, with the tremendous opportunity he has in his life, and you know yeah. Bill Kreutzmann, man, that guy, well, what a friend! And I know that you've uh, spent a lot of time with him, O'Teal, and, and, and yeah, and he's out there tearing it up with Billy and the kids. It's great. He's to back see out there happy. now. He's so happy. Oh yeah, playing oh, a bunch man. of shows. Absolutely, uh, uh, he's so happy. You could just I see him smiling back there. I gotta wake up to find out what the morning song is gonna be, man. I'm not, oh, dude, I'm, you're uh, you're so busy all the time. You know, nah. one thing I want to ask you, Bill, is when I've I've watched your thirty for thirty, which I've got ESPN plus just for that, just so I could watch it. Oh, be sure and tell them that, man. Maybe they'll give me a, a, a another time on the air. Who knows? Yeah, it was so amazing. But the thing I knew about a lot of you know that you had spent half your life in the hospital but seeing that doc really brought it home like the adversity that you've been through and um what i want to ask you for our audience and for anybody that's blessed enough to hear it you've always had this you know like the title says i'm the luckiest guy in the world you have this impervious I am. positivity and while experiencing way what I consider way more adversity than the average person. Yeah, but I always I've always been helped by people who have been nicer to me than I deserve. You know, mm. I had the greatest parents ever. Zero interest in sports, but my parents they cared about me more than they cared about themselves. Yeah. And so they, you know, they, they sacrificed Lori's parents who sacrificed everything. You know, these people grew up through the, the, the depression of the twenties yeah. and the thirties and, and then world war two. And just, and, and then, you know, the madness that we see in the world today and the violence mm-hmm. and the war and, you know, you know, how about giving peace a chance? How about giving yeah. not, you know, opportunity, fairness, equality, inclusiveness a chance? And and then you know I, I found I found sports when I was eight years old, and I I, I, I had no idea. You know I just because we you know we we had nothing, but we had everything. And yeah. you know I, I, I had a, I got a bicycle when I was five years old. I made my own skateboard and. <laughs> And then uh, when I was eight, I found basketball and, and, and ultimately all sports through this most remarkable coach that I had. And uh, he was the he was our town fireman. And now yes. San Diego today is the eighth largest city in the country. And it's just overwhelmed with everything and just endless problems and terrible, yeah. terrible leadership. But in those days, it, you know, it was a California dream. 
And we just, you know, we thought we had everything. I mean, every day was just, you know, 80 degrees and beautiful and sunny and, and you know, all, all the, everybody was nice. And, uh, and then I found my first coach who was a volunteer. He was a volunteer at our elementary school for 59 years. And when he died a few years back, uh, I can't tell you if he knew anything about sports, but he sure knew life. And yeah. he, he was the richest guy I've ever known. And then just a year or so after that, I found Chick Hearn on the radio. And Chick Hearn was the Laker broadcaster for 40-something years. And it was incredible because I'm a stutterer and couldn't talk at all. And here was this guy who's whose mouth was working in perfect unison with his brain and both of them faster than I could even think <laughs> faster than John Mayer could play the guitar faster than you guys. And you know, in the rhythm devil when you're just going crazy on I mean, And that was chick. And it was just like such a, such an inspiration and revelation for me uh, that, that that was possible. And it was just so entertaining and fun. And then uh, shortly thereafter, uh, I, I found uh, UCLA and John Wooden, and then I found rock and roll, and man, everything changed there. And then, so I, found, inspiration. And then I found the Grateful Dead, and, and I had all these incredibly positive influences in my yeah. life. And then, and and then with John Wooden, John Wooden took the time, unlike anybody else I've ever known, to write everything down. He wrote it all down, and, and he just gave it away, and. Yeah. He, you know, he was an English teacher by profession. You know, there's still tons of great people out there in in the world. You know, you just got to find them. You know, because yeah. I, uh, I, you know, everything ultimately. You know, you can say that it's about this or that or whatever, but ultimately, everything comes down to leadership, the ability to construct and build a team, and then to develop champions. And that's it. and but that also requires a series of choices decisions and living a life of honor and so when i first started to become famous when i was 15 years old and i and everything i did and everywhere i went you know it was in the newspaper was on the television and, and you're know, pointing at me and asking me and everything and, and you know and i had to make a choice and i said okay i i can let this ruin my life or I can let this make my life better. And I tried to make that life better. So now nobody has made more mistakes than me. And one of the things that I tried to get across in Luckiest Guy in the World, now bear in mind that while I tried my best on Luckiest Guy in the World, I was not in charge. And yeah. It, yeah. someone else was in charge of the narrative of that show, Steve James, who was the director. And we want to thank ESPN and the NBA for rescuing it and getting it going and getting it finished and getting it on the air. And yeah. because I've had an overwhelming uh, number of, of, of positive comments. I'm sure. Really uh, incredible support and encouragement and, and, and gratitude, uh, which is a, really the type of life that I want to live. But when, when I joined the NBA, I mean, I, I was... I did not know how to play in the game of life. Yes, yes. I was injured all the time. Yeah. And I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk. I could not explain myself. I could not express myself. And so 
everything was out of my control that I could have hopefully made it better. And when I think back of, of all the different things that I would do different today, and you know, at the top of the list is uh, learning how to speak earlier. I was taught how to speak when I was 28 by a broadcaster, Marty Gickman. And then the, the, the wow. you know, the health, and all the yeah. challenges with my health and, and, and the problems that you, you have when the doctor is reporting to the team as important as opposed to reporting and treating you as an mm-hmm. individual. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. That, that conflict that yeah. hopefully is better today. But it's a conflict know. of interest, isn't it? Anyway, but you know, my health is great. I'm doing fantastic. I've okay. got 39 orthopedic operations, tons of other soft tissue operations, and both my ankles are fused, both my knees are replaced, uh, my hands and wrists don't work. Broke every every bone in my hands and wrists, and, <laughs> and my spine has been completely uh, rebuilt and reconstructed and replaced. And and then look at my face. I mean, please, it's beautiful. I, 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 I to me, I had my maker. I had my nose broken fourteen times. I, <laughs> I had my front teeth knocked out ten different times. And uh, <laughs> for those of you still lucky enough to play basketball, don't play defense with your face. This is what. <laughs> and you got the and look at the beautiful team. wife you got. How, well, with, wow. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I tell you, <laughs> you don't believe me, man. I do, but oh, I am a believer. I am All, a believer. You know, I wake up every day and I I can't believe Lori's still here. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so it's great. I, and then when when she does come back, I say thanks for coming back, man. <laughs> for coming back, I'm going to use that, honey. Thanks for coming back. She's going to be like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. Like, well, so it's a decision, you know huh? So there's nothing like love and the importance of love. When John Wooden, um, this is going to. I'm going to try to bring this all together here because this this comes back to another song that I want you to play on your next album that is the current album is lovely view from heaven right now i don't know what the next song is what you know what the next album title is going to be but i already mentioned uh, one of the songs bright side, bright side of the road yeah but i also <laughs> I hopefully you, you know because i know you're looking for the slow songs for the slow ballads but uh, but but also when jerry sings see what love can do yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just thinking just, of them. I mean, but yeah. there's so many of them. Broke Down Palace, Black Dude. Peter, Warfrat, He's oh, Gone, Terror. I mean, and, and you got that voice. I mean, Crazy I, Fingers I, would be nice too. Uh, that's a little fast, I think, for for this type of thing. But uh, we could slow it down. It's good, <laughs> good. And it, you know, that's one of the things that that I love about <laughs> the Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan in that their ability to play the same song in different paces, different speeds, and and still make them so meaningful and impactful. But this guy, John Wooden, when, you know, he, I was his easiest recruit. I became his worst nightmare, and I drove the poor guy to an early grave at 91, (laughs) because I always wanted to know why. Even though I couldn't speak, I could always ask a question, why? why I had to cut my hair, why I had to shave, why I had to wear the clothes he wanted me to wear. 
and why Nixon was president, why we were in this ridiculous and illegal war over in Southeast Asia, and why the cheerleaders couldn't be in my hotel room in the road trip. And anyway, so so Coach Wood, uh, after I left him, you know, on the day I graduated, he wrote a mantra to me. Bill Walton, it's the things you learn after you know it all that count. And when I said that I was unprepared to play in the game of life, that really came to the front in my world when I joined the NBA because I was not ready for that. I was I I had never been in a situation where uh, everybody had so many different individual agendas. I mean, we I was always been in this group and community of like let's make the world a better place, right? And then uh, I joined the NBA. It was like whoa. You know, selfishness and individual agendas, and and, and yeah. no real concern for the for the product or the team. But I was equally, if not more so, because I was supposed to be the guy that made it all happen. But I couldn't play with with my foot injuries, the endless yeah. stress fractures, which you know I ground up, and they could not figure out what was wrong. Nobody believed me that I was even hurt. And so and I couldn't express myself. And so anyway, this all comes back to seeing what love can do. And so John Wooden, late in his life, this was the, the, the last public event he ever participated in. And he was named the greatest coach ever. Um, not the greatest basketball coach, not the greatest college coach, but the greatest coach ever. Number two was Vince Lombardi. Number three was Bear Bryant. Number four was Phil Jackson, who was mad as can be about being number <laughs> Number five was Don Shula. And wow. number six was Red Auerbach. And when Red found out from inside his coffin that he was behind Phil Jackson, Red was living. He was banging on that coffin door. Let me out of here, Phil Jackson. Are you kidding me? That guy just buys players. I build teams. So Coach Wooden, who wanted no part of this whole, you know, yeah. greatest coach ever. That was not his deal. He was not into accolades. He was not into recognition or credit. He was a man of action. I mean, he just wanted to keep working, keep making the world a better place. He was very reluctant to even attend this ceremony, but wow. he, he did it under his terms. And he was uh, he was ninety nine years old at the time, wow. and, and and he was in a wheelchair by this point. And he gets up there, and a very small crowd, but you know certainly enough media there to cover the place and and, and share all the stories with the rest of the world. And Coach Wooden, when they handed him the microphone from his wheelchair, he said, there is no way that anybody could ever claim to be or recognize to be the greatest because it's all just somebody's opinion. There's no standards. There's no metrics. There's no measurements as to who is the best. He paused, and then he said, but I will admit and accept that I'm among the best. And that was really big of you, coach. Okay. <laughs> and so, and then he turned it and he said, I want to, I want to apologize. I want to apologize because I made a mistake with the pyramid of success. And mm -hmm. we, he, like, he spent 14 years 
working on the pyramid of success. And whenever he would complain to me that, Walton, you're the slowest learner I've ever had, I said, come on, coach, there's 15 words in the pyramid of success. It took you 14 years to put it together. Let's pick up the pace a little bit. And so <laughs> so then uh, he said, I want to apologize. I made a mistake with the pyramid of success because I left the word love out of the pyramid. And mm. nothing more powerful, nothing more important than love. And until we get by and get past the the love of power yes and turn it into the power of love we have no real chance and then he turned it and made his final point and his final point was he looked around the room and he knew everybody there and he knew everybody's story he knew everybody's name and family and challenges and problems and he looked at everybody and he said and i also want to say i'm sorry to each and every one of you in that I haven't been able to do more to help you. Wow. And that was the last public statement he ever made. And, uh, and then you know, and he, and he went on and he, he lived another, I'm just gonna say he lived another seven months, maybe eight wow. months, but the last, the last five months were pretty darn tough. And wow. he was just a, a very, very special person. And, you know, he just, he was, you know how, I, I don't know about you, uh, Ortiel, but I'm always sick. I'm always sick of something or somebody. And so whenever I uh, am really sick, I, I, I just, I make sure I get to a Grateful Dead concert as soon as I possibly can, because I immediately get healed, you know, and the positive vibes and the optimistic look uh, to the future and the hope and the joy and the happiness that just is pervasive around the Grateful Dead. And so, you know, here it was, uh, I was, I was with this guy, for, you know, for 43 years, the last 43 years of his life. And, uh, but I, I, I did like it. And uh, I, I had to apologize to him when I was 21. And he told him I was going to quit causing him grief and consternation. And, uh, I tried my best, but uh, it, it was tough. But that very last day, the very the very last day when he was still in, in control, because Lori and I and, and our teammates, we'd get up from all over the all over Southern California and all the players who played for him, and we would drive and meet at the breakfast at his breakfast spot at 7 a.m. We'd leave at San Diego at 4 a.m. And we'd get there. And we got to his we got there that one day in February of 2010. And for the first time, I mean he was he couldn't couldn't function, you know, couldn't yeah. make it happen. So we just, we left the breakfast. We all went back to his his condo, which he thought was a castle. We called it the mansion on Margate, but uh, it was not, uh, anyway, it, it was his home. And so uh, and so I quickly I got my phone. You know, this was just three years into the iPhone at this point, January, 2010. And I, and I dialed up Larry Bird and uh, because, Coach Wood loved Indiana, loved Larry, and Larry loves Indiana. And so I said, I, I explained the situation to Larry that, like, we're at the end here with Coach. And, and, yeah. and Larry said, Bill, put him on the phone. And so I had him on the speakerphone. I was holding the phone. And Larry was just regaling with great stories of Indiana and, 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 and how fun it all was all the time and the greatness of basketball and sport and team and life. And Coach Wood, he, he couldn't talk back, but he just had tears Tears of joy 
And uh, but also tears of sadness that uh, he knew it was coming to an end. But he, he gave everything that he had, as you do, which makes it so special. And now I have a new I have a new piano teacher, a new drum teacher, and mostly I have a new vocal teacher, man. Because they in, in, in the band I used to be in, man, they stopped turning my mic on. <laughs> now it's a real problem. Oh my gosh. I'm very happy to do it, man, because I know I'm going to be getting uh, the good end of the stick because uh, I get the inspiration. I'm so glad for you to talk about that because it's people is usually what gets me down when you see the war, when you see the lack of leadership, when you see it, but then it's people that get you back up. And you see it's the anger, people, you see and the anger and the hatred and the selfishness and the greed. Yeah, it's oh, just just drives me nuts. And then, yeah. and then the music starts, and it's yeah. like I'm healed. This is or for for me, like because sometimes the music doesn't heal me. I think it's it's starting to come back for me a lot because with my dad and my brother passing, I'm realizing how all that I got from them, like all the music all of it. My mom, some too, but with them gone. So I'm just like kind of reliving my musical past in some tears and stuff. And I'm realizing how much it gave me, but as an adult, a lot of it has been other people, like people like you, Bill, that like remind me like, yeah, whatever problems you have, they're like, they're like, you need I to set your standards higher, man. So, so I, I, I'm the, I'm one of the broadcasters for the college basketball tournament that is always held in Maui over the Thanksgiving weekend or week. And, but Maui burned down. And so, but it's coming back to life. And the Good. tournament is going to be held in Honolulu this year. And Honolulu is a different place than Maui. It is beautiful in its own way, but it's also a, you know, a huge city. And, and, you know, I like a life in nature. I, I, I like space and flowers and mountains and volcanoes and rivers and rainbows and sunsets and sunrises. And so uh, it's going to be in Honolulu this year, but we're going a couple days early and we're going to go to Maui because the big banyan tree right there in the waterfront is showing signs of life, of coming. It, 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 you know, it's it's, uh, I think it's 150 or 60 years old, this tree. And it's just massive. If you've, been, if you've never been there, you just Google it, the banyan tree in Lahaina. It, it, they thought it had died. I mean, it was the, the landmark right there on the waterfront, right in town. This massive tree with birds and everything. I mean, it was David Crosby and Larry Bird living up in the trees. And it was just phenomenal. And they thought they had lost it because the fire just came in and destroyed everything. And it's, but now... Now they've come in and they've been, they've seen signs of life, and so we're going to keep going there. And and as the uh, as as life comes back, I mean, it's like it's like when you guys leave the stage at the end of the final tour, and it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? And then not long after, you say, well, we're going to Mexico. Let's go. We got to <laughs> we got to we change the roster up a little bit. We're going to do a little things a little differently and. And let's get going and let's bring the family back together. And there's nothing like it. And uh, it's like I'm nature. the luckiest guy in the world. You know, I, you I, yeah. and you remind me that I am. You That's what's so great. 
you don't believe it, but uh, I'm trying to convince you. I need to work on my my persuasive abilities. <laughs> to, to I think you got that down. <laughs> but uh, but but I, but I just know that I just you know you can just stand there and just I I try to be a human forklift. I try to be a human solar panel to you know lift people and things up to put them in better places, and then to to take all that natural energy and just turn it with an inverter, me being the inverter, and just send it right back out. You do it very well, very well. And you've done it for me a number of times, including well, how today. Come you only got, how, how come you only have nine songs on this album? Because uh, I mean, it was vinyl. So the, the whole... What does that uh, mean? What well, that? you know, in the old days of records, you could probably... I remember you'd, records, yeah. You'd be lucky to get... Well, if you were into jazz, you'd probably be lucky to get four songs on there. But you get about eight songs on there because you run out of room because of the vinyl. It's not like digital where you can have an album with 18 songs. And it still took a double album to do it. But uh, I wanted that thing. I wanted to bring people back. I mean, you can get it on platforms, but I wanted people to hopefully bring it back to the old days when you had to put an album on. And you put it on the beginning and you listen all the way through one side. And then yeah, somebody brought us a record player. Up. So is this available on vinyl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the. That's is it why available on none. CD? Is it available on CD? I think it actually is available on CD, although I don't know who's using them anymore. Like, I don't have a CD player anymore. Mike, do you have one? I don't even have a CD player anymore. Our car doesn't even come with a CD player. Yeah, my car doesn't have a CD player. Oh no. my gosh! I have a record player, but not that's. I have a record player. Somebody brought us a record player recently, but I don't know how to use it. I don't. You know forgot how... to use it. Come on, God! I don't know how to turn it on. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, yeah, you definitely can get it on vinyl, and you can so get how's it everywhere. Truck's so. doing. Now, now and... you must have played with Derek and the Almond Brothers a ton, right? Absolutely. And then Tedeschi Trucks Band, I started that band with them 13 years ago uh, and with Co with my brother Kofi. And yeah. uh, they're doing great. We just had them on the podcast. And Derek and Susan are coming to Mexico. I'm hoping to get in that water and do a little snorkeling or scuba diving or fishing or whatever we're going to do. And yeah, when Lori great. and I go to go to Hawaii for the Thanksgiving basketball tournament, uh, college basketball, uh, I'm going to get in that water. You know, oh, what? yeah, man. Oh, so, yeah. Nice. I'm so glad to see Hawaii, you back and smiling. 80 degree and weather, great. 80 degree water every day. Every day. <laughs> Let's go. We're sad that we don't get to go to Mexico, but uh, that's just. I'm the, sad about that. That's too, just the way I, I've never been to what you yeah. guys do down there in Cancun and the Yucatan and everything. Uh, yeah. It's just uh, that's not the life I have these days. No, you're so busy, dude. We're so grateful that you took the time out of your... I am busier than I've ever been. It's ever. amazing. <clears throat> I, I, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Uh, uh, you're my hero, and I, I aspire to be like you, although not as busy as you. But <laughs> well, I love work. Yeah. yeah. Because the more work I do, the more good things I can try to do. Yeah. The more things I'm involved with, the more good things, the more... Uh, good results i can try to impact and impart. you've got that wooden that wooden philosophy the more i do the more good i can do right and and then you know like wouldn't he work till the he worked till the day he died 
and uh, Chick Hearn the same way. These guys, and, and you know, I'm the, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. <laughs> I believe it a hundred percent. And we appreciate you so much, man. Coming to spend an hour with us on Comes a Time again. It's not an hour, is it? No way. Yeah. Dude, where it goes did, super fast whenever you're on with us. Where like, did oh. the time go? Oh, <laughs> How does the song go? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I wonder how many people listen to your broadcast over the years where all those Grateful Dead references just went right over their head. I, I never do that. No, I just, I, yeah. I, I'm just mainstream. I just come right down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we love you, man. Thank you so much for being with us again. Thank you. I love you. And may the four winds blow you safely home, and may you stay forever young. And may you stay forever, O'Teal Burbridge. And may you forever keep putting out these albums. What well, you know, lovely view from heaven. Yeah. I mean, that has completely changed everything in my life, all for all for the better. Because you know, I learned through I learned the hard way that you've got to find your own medicine. Don't yeah, take man. somebody else's medicine because somebody else's medicine is generally not in your best interest. So <laughs> I found my, my medicine to be participation in the physical activities that I can do, which these days, as I close in on 71 next week, but the participation, like riding my bike, going in the swimming pool or the ocean, if it's warm enough, like in Hawaii, and then listen to the music, listen to the music play, just turn it on. When I was in my darkest days and it wasn't happening, I forgot to turn the music on. And so what I ended up doing was taking a big sheet of paper and write it down in big, thick, black felt pen. Turn the music on. And then I, I would sit down and I'd see the sign. Oh, okay, I got to turn the music on. And now I know exactly what to turn on. Lovely view from heaven. Stella Blue. Yes. <laughs> well, it all you. rolls into one, but nothing comes for free. Nothing comes High for time. Free. The days between as the world grows dark and mean the mission yeah. rain some folks would be so happy to have just one, one dream, dream come, come true yes. and then so many roads to ease my soul believe it or not i do believe it yeah <laughs> and then china hall yeah yeah it's only broken it's only fractured what a what a song it's standing on the moon crimson white and indigo and then you come back with your brother how cool is that? I, you know, we, we we have a shrine in our house to my older brother and his children. I, I have to, they're getting, his grandchildren now are getting to the age of, you know, tell me about my real grandfather. And that's why oh, I have the stories. And uh, nice. I, I, I edit them. I, I, I edit them. <laughs> and, uh, because in the grand scheme of things, he's a very, very special dude and hugely yeah. responsible. Because he, you know, he was very much like Maurice Lucas in that he would always, always be there when you needed him most uh, to to make sure that order was maintained in the universe. 
and that, and that the forces of evil did not come out on top. And so I'm the luckiest guy in the world, never more so than I have been asked to come back to the comes a time. <laughs> you know, they also wrote a song, the great, you know, your buddies in the grateful Dead. they wrote a song about me in the early days. Uh, wh wh wherever he goes, the people all complain. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I, I, I don't get asked back. But I did get asked back this time, and I'm just glad I was able to come on this most remarkable podcast and drift and dream and, and talk about so many of the great things. And I look forward to our futures together. You're the greatest, Oteo. Mike, do you always talk this much? Yeah. <laughs> Only you, Bill. Only you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us again. You're amazing. Love you guys. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Here we go. So we many roads to ease my soul, trying to make the best out of the worst you Here do it like no other <laughs> love you man love you Peace see what out, love can do find the bright side of the road from the dark end of the street yeah. <laughs> see you on the bright side of the road there we go if you need help on the next album <laughs> pantheon media presents comes a time featuring mike Fenoya and oteil burbridge executive produced by christian swain and peter ferrioli Produced and edited by Eric Limarenko and Stu Silverman. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Comes a Time with Mike Fenoya and Oteil Burbridge. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, YouTube, and if you're jonesing for bonus episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.